I'm Chris Lee. That's my guy, Dennis Jamel Cox, and we're here for you this whole afternoon. Let's talk about the top three stories uh, outside of this Apple event where they announced their new um, headphones. We'll get into that yeah. a little bit later. I shouldn't call it headphones. Maybe headset. Apple Vision Pro. Duke will play Coastal Carolina tonight. Wake Forest is absolutely a machine. Miami is tying it up with Denver. They won last night. And Vegas, well, of course, we saw them score on the Florida Panthers, unlike the Carolina Hurricanes. Let's go back to what we were talking about in college baseball. Was not a good weekend, No, Dennis Jamel Cox, for the ACC. Overall, not very good. Overall, not very good. Wake Forest, however, is moving on. Uh, they looked absolutely dominant over the weekend. Uh, you know, absolutely dismantling teams. I, I think I saw something like it was a combined score of something like 48-7. to 7. Yeah, lots of very little. <laughs> lots of very little for Wake Forest. Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of runs by Wake Forest. There's a reason why they're the number one team in the country. They're yeah. going to host the Super Regional because, again, being the number one team, they're going to host the Super Regional, and they're going to play the worst team that advances from a regional. So of the remaining 15, they're going to play the worst ranked one of those. Which is, well, they're, they're going to play Alabama. That's already set. Oh, that's already set? Yeah. Oh, it comes out of that region? So, oh, yeah, they stink. Uh, but Alabama just just hosted their own regional, but they were number 16, right? So they were they were the worst regional host um, that was out there. Uh, but, you know, we'll see about that. We'll be talking to Darren Vaught. Uh, at around 3.15, he knows all about college baseball, so we'll be asking him how uh, that will go between Wake Forest and Alabama. Um, other ACC schools, um, Virginia, of course, they did well coming out of the Charlottesville uh, region, but that also means that East Carolina yeah, it's a, it's is eliminated. It's at the expense of ECU, though. Yeah. I really want to see ECU continue to make a run at this. I wanted more North Carolina schools to advance, Chris. Same. I wanted more North Carolina schools, and it stinks that Wake and I'm not sorry, not uh, not Wake, but State and Campbell had to face each other. They had to face each other. Duke and UNC Wilmington had to face each other, so you you guaranteed that at least one of those schools was out. And for State and Campbell, unfortunately, both of them are out. And you know, with eight ACC schools, or I'm sorry, not well, eight ACC schools, but also eight schools from North Carolina mm-hmm. making it right now, we guarantee to have the one Duke, and that's the one we were getting to. Duke has a chance uh, to be. Only the second ACC school to make it out to go to the Super Regionals uh, for uh, next weekend. Be a third. They, Virginia's already in there. That's the ACC schools? I meant to say North Carolina school. Oh, you meant, yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, only the second North Carolina school to make it, uh, but the third ACC school, uh, as Dennis just said. Um, very interesting um, look at the North Carolina schools, right? Like there was a lot of hope, a lot of great things that we were kind of expecting having eight teams from our area uh, go in. Uh, So we'll see what happens tonight. We'll be talking to Darren Vaught at 315, a little bit more about the baseball. Let's talk about basketball, specifically the NBA finals. Last night, folks didn't think it could be done. Miami came away with a win in Denver to tie the series of the NBA Finals up one-to-one. Big game from North Carolina native Bam Adebayo. I believe he had 21 points, nine rebounds, eight for 14 shooting, uh, and then also just showed that he was really good on defense besides the fact that Jokic put up 41 points on him. But when he was on other people, oh, he was shutting them down. Well, yeah, I mean... (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, Jokic does that to everybody, though. Yeah, it's like, he does. oh, okay, another 41 points. Actually, the thing, it was interesting. He actually, I think, only had four assists, remember, off the top of my head. But that, I think that was actually the difference is that they didn't let him distribute the ball like he normally does. Absolutely. But, I mean, it's still only a three-point game, so it worked in that sense. But you're literally a Jamal Murray three-pointer at the at the buzzer from tying the game in, for, in terms of Denver. Going back to what you said, that was actually a question from Ramona Shelburne. She was wondering, um, hey, because the Joker only had four assists, was that a part of your uh, – your your plan as the Miami Heat to get the ball out of his hands, make him shoot quickly, and not be able to set up plays for other folks. And uh, Heat coach Eric Spolstra said, "Nah, that's not how it went." He was like, "That's not how it goes with that." But uh, very interesting. So Miami will go back home. They now have home court advantage uh, with the with the series tied up at one. Denver trying to get that back. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that game later on as well. Let's talk about something else. Tonight, we will have game two, Las Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Florida Panthers, mm-hmm. Dennis Jamel Cox. Um, we saw game one over the weekend where the Golden Knights won five to two. And here's something that really struck me when I was watching the game. I felt like, Dennis, okay. I was watching the Carolina Hurricanes versus the Florida Panthers, but the big difference was... The Golden Knights actually put away their scoring chances. Yeah. They actually scored. They scored. We we saw a team who was more skilled than the Panthers have their chances, uh, do their play their game and look good in it. The difference was, well, the Golden Knights got pucks past Bobrovsky mm-hmm. and the Carolina Hurricanes did not. Yeah, it was this is where I tie back into my frustration I voiced a couple weeks ago saying that this is where Carolina needs to get a top-end score. Now, a lot of people 100%. pointed out, a lot of people pointed out, well, they went and got Max Pacioretty. It's like, I understand that he had the injury, and then obviously Sveshnikov being hurt as well. I get that. But there's a reason why Vegas gave up Pacioretty for literally nothing. I mean, granted, they were, they, were, they were in a very extremely true. difficult salary cap situation, so they had to move somebody. For very, very little. In this case, it was it was literally nothing that they get, got in return. But it was a player who was aging, who had some injury history. He hasn't played a full season in about six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you got nothing out of them overall. So, But this is my thing where I said the Carolina Hurricanes need to be aggressive this upcoming offseason about getting a top-end scorer. A young one, too. But a top-end scorer. They're out there. Teams are willing to move on from great players. Look at yeah. Matthew Kachuk, yeah. 23 years old, and the seasons the seasons that he has put up in his career, just his first year in Florida, Calgary Flames were willing to make a move with for him or it, to give him up. So you can get great players. Everyone has a price when it comes to these athletes. Ted DiBiase said everybody yeah. has a price. That's right. And here's the thing that it showed me too, right? If the Carolina Hurricanes did have that top-end score. A, a really good score in the league. And I will say multiple, really. Like, if you bring in, like, two more guys, this team could actually be the best team in the NHL and probably be really hard to, to beat in oh, the yeah. postseason. 
Well, like, I mean, they're already hard as I mean, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Already, it's already difficult enough hard as to it be. is. But you have to be willing to go and get that guy. You have to get that guy, and it's almost like the Canes could potentially be a perfect team in the NHL. Not perfect as in their record, mm-hmm. but perfect as in their their style, their defense, their offense. It's hard to stop that when you have a team that looks that good. Uh, very interesting. I think, for the Carolina Hurricanes. But uh, game two for the Las Vegas Golden Knights tonight versus uh, the Florida Panthers. Dennis, do you think the Florida Panthers kind of make some adjustments? Do you think they can come and steal a win? They are in the playoffs so far, 3-0 and in game twos. I think they'll be fine. I, I think this series goes to six. That's my opinion. Okay. I think it goes to six. Uh, these two teams are too evenly matched, in my opinion. Again, it was a 5-2 win on Saturday for Vegas, but it was 2-2 going into the third. So it was it was a tight game up until late when Vegas pulled away. So it was a, it definitely was a tight one for sure. Yeah, I think they'll be just fine. You can actually listen to the Stanley Cup Finals right here on 99.9 The Fan. Absolutely. Same with the NBA Finals. You can listen to all that right here on 99.9 The Fan. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. I love summer, by the way. Summer is the best, absolute best time of the year. Uh, it's fall, but that's okay. You're wrong. But here's the thing. Summer also is a big time for the sport of baseball. That's where we pick it up, and we talk to the guy with the smoothest voice who s- dresses so well. He is play-by-play extraordinaire and ladies he is a Sagittarius so holler at him my man Darren Vaught how you doing today man <laughs> Chris I uh, hope you're doing well man I always appreciate the uh gassing me up when I come on but you know I'm you know I'm always down to talk baseball man come on for sure for sure uh first off before we say anything else about any other college team we have to talk about Wake Forest first right uh beating their teams over the weekend I think what 48 to 7 combined just absolutely just destroying the competition why is Wake Forest so damn good yeah they just don't have any weaknesses Man, like, and and they're the one team that we got through the entire regular season. I might have even worded it the exact same way with you guys last week, but I mean, it's it's worth repeating because they just showed up for this regional and <laughs> made three other worthy NCAA tournament teams look like nobodies. Yeah, I thought Maryland was going to give them at least a, a little bit of a, a threat or a scare on in some instance. And they're like, nah, man, we'll just put up 15, 20 runs on you, one of the best home run hitting teams in the country, the Terps. <laughs> um, but they, they just don't have any weaknesses. They, the starting pitching, they've got, you know, three of the, the top five starting pitchers in all of college baseball. Rhett Lauder, I had scouts telling me in Durham, could be a, a fourth or fifth guy in a major league team's rotation tomorrow. Wow. So it starts hmm. there. It ends with the backside where they've got, you know, Cam Manassi, Michael Massey and company, and just a really, really stout back end pitching wise. And then again, they scored 48 runs in three games. These dudes can hit, they can run as well. And um, again, there's just, 
they've got a number of, of future big leaguers. I mean, they've probably got five or six first rounders on that roster. It's wow. just uh, it's an embarrassment of riches. They ran through that regional. I don't think they're going to have much of a problem with the 16th overall seed Alabama either, who's working on an interim head coach or with an interim head coach. We all know the the gambling scam, yep. scandal that uh, got there. Who, by the way, Bradley Bohannon, their ousted head coach, former Wake Forest assistant. A little bit of fun history there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I don't expect them to have much problem with Alabama either. They might not really even get tested until they get to Omaha. Okay, so there's a lot right there we got to break down that you said. Uh, Darren Vaught joining us right now on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. Uh, I want to add on to this, right? Like, let's go back to that Maryland game, 21-6. to six. Let's let that sink in really quick. And this is this yeah. is college baseball. This is high-level baseball, 21-6. to six. Um, You talked about Wake Forest being so good, but what do you think tripped them up in the ACC tournament? And do you think that the fact that they did get tripped up kind of helped with this explosion that they had this past weekend in the Winston-Salem Regional? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a worthwhile question, right? Because I mean, assumedly, if this team is so good, how come they didn't win the ACC tournament, right? Uh, a, it's a long season. These guys did not slip up at all in the regular season against tough ACC competition. They didn't. They literally did not lose a conference series. There was the weather. There was playing at a different field. I mean, there were a lot of weird factors with with the tournament going on. Um, I think, honestly, Wake Forest is like, you know that golfer who on Sunday, and I'm talking about like a PGA pro, not your buddies who you're out there hacking with, but like, you know, a pro, he's, he's kind of lingering toward the top of the field. And then you get to Sunday, and he's just got to get to the back nine because mm. he can see some light at the end of the tunnel. And that's when he, like, the focus is, is laser sharp, and that's when they plug in. Right. Mm. I think with Wake Forest, it's never been about winning the ACC from the beginning of this season when they were ranked, whatever, five in the country. And then they were quickly number two until LSU fell off. And then, boom, they're the number one team. This has never been about a conference tournament. The goals are much bigger. And not to say they overlooked the conference tournament. Certainly they were a team that was out there trying to win. But at the end of the day, it does not matter as much to them Mm. as getting getting it right for these regionals for a super regional and then hopefully omaha so i mean the 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 ultimate goal is winning the whole thing as a top seed since the first time since 1999 was the last time the number one overall seed won it darren vaught joining us here on the heistra automotive group hotline we saw campbell nc state were in the same regional unc had some trouble up there in Terre haute uh what happened I thought these teams were going to be maybe make some runs here in the regionals. Obviously, Campbell and NC State had to play each other and, and beat each other up to an extent, but I thought I thought Carolina was actually primed to make a little bit of a run there. Yeah, I, it, it's um, not having Vance Honeycutt as sure. they, they had for most of the season hurts, right? Whether or not you've got a, a capable replacement in center field in Mac Horvath, Horvath certainly did everything he could in that 13 inning game, right? He tied it with a home run in the yeah. ninth. He got to, he walked and then and stole second to get into scoring position in the 11th, but couldn't get knocked in. And he almost made that diving catch in the 13th inning. Um, they just, I think they ran into a, a team that has been a little bit galvanized with Indiana state. And that, that, that 
very small disparity in what they are when they're 100% and what they were in Terre Haute is, mm-hmm. is ultimately what made the difference, right? You hate to sort of make the, the Carolina Hurricanes comparison, right? But <laughs> with Van Tunnicutt, it's a, probably a much different situation, right? It, it's, it's a little a little similar to the Andre Svechnikov injury or, or like the Max, Max Pacioretty or, um, you know, however you want to equate those two. I, I think it just sort of caught up to them. And then, the, again, the pitching was just so good in that regional. Carolina easily had the best lineup, but you guys know how this tournament is. Sometimes teams get here and they just – it clicks offensively. Teams can hit. They find ways to score runs, and that's what the Sycamores did at Indiana State. As for the Columbia Regional, man, I, I mentioned that PGA golfer getting to the back nine. I yeah. think I think South Carolina was a version of that. Hmm. They sort of limped into the finish throughout their SEC schedule, and man, did they turn it on this weekend. I, I thought Campbell and or NC State was going to be a really, really tough out for them. And man, if the Camels had sort of figured it out through that first game and a half, because then they really started to pile on the runs. Had they started to click right away first thing this weekend, then, you know, maybe it would have turned out for Campbell differently. But, um, yeah, a little bit I, – I mean, it's tough to say when you've got the odds-on favorite with Wake Forest and Virginia's already in. Duke's got a chance to get into the Super Regionals tonight. It's tough to say that it was like a dud of a weekend for the ACC. But there were some disappointments, especially with the national number four seed in Clemson you get to that point certainly you hope you can make it through your region Um, but they just ran into uh, some exhaustion and I'm I'm sure the Cam Canarella ejection and this thus being suspended for a game had something to do with that Mm -hmm. there as well Um, they just had a a tough go of it with Tennessee and Charlotte just really quick, uh, Darren Vaught joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. 60 seconds or less, man. Uh, Duke is playing tonight for a chance to make it to that Super Regional, playing against Coastal Carolina. They seem like a team that have to score 8, 9, 10 runs to really get a win. They can't really – a lot of those tight games, they have a hard time with it. What does Duke need to do to win against Coastal Carolina tonight, a team that they lost to 6-8 to eight yesterday? Yeah, it's about finding the right mix with their pitching. They, they're not a team that has the luxury – uh, of a, of having a guy like a Rhett Louder who's going to get you six innings literally every time he goes. In fact, I think over the past two days, they've had one pitcher go more than two innings. Mm. They sort of piecemeal it, right? And that that, that offers a lot of, of variables, right? A lot of checkpoints at which things can go wrong. So they need that to go well. And you're right, the timely hitting has to come through. They got it out of a fifth-year senior um, in, in their game a couple of days ago with a grand slam. Uh, or excuse me, yesterday that one was in the loss that they came just up short. And um, it, yeah, they've got they've got some guys who can come through in big moments hitting, but it's it's an interesting, complicated equation with Duke. They have to have a lot of things go right. And MJ Metz going right really well, having a torn ACL, getting three home runs the other night. Yeah. Darren Vaught, thank you so much for joining us today. You got it, guys. See you, Chris Dennis.